It's good to see all of you fellow staycationers, or should I say stay breakers? You're smart enough to avoid the congested airports and the heavy traffic roads and stay home for fall break. Good to be with you. You know, when you get an older preacher preaching, quite often it's gonna begin with years ago, <laughs> but years ago, before the era of Dr. Phil, I used to love to listen to a show on the radio, the Dr. Laura show. And people would call in and they would have difficult problems, tough situations in their life they didn't know how to handle. And in less than 30 minutes, Dr. Laura would solve their problems for them. Don't we wish that life were as simple as that? But there was something Dr. Laura always said before she ended the program. She said, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Obviously, I hope we are in church this morning because we want to do the right thing in our lives. But let's be honest. In this modern, complicated, complex world, it's not always so easy to tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Life's not as simple as it used to be. Things that used to be right today seem to be wrong, and things that used to be wrong today seem to be more accepted by people. So much of what we call badness today, or immoral, unethical behavior, is not so much an intentional choice on our part that we want to do wrong, as it is the result of confusion or ignorance over what exactly is right. Like the Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy in this uh, letter, uh, the beginning of the letter from which Anne read, he writes to Timothy how we often do what is wrong, but at the time we thought it was right. Paul says at the beginning that he used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor of Christians. He would track them down, hunt them down, make them suffer, even put them to death because he says, I was ignorant <clears throat> in my belief. In other words, he is saying, I thought I was doing the right thing, but now I realize I was wrong. He was acting out of ignorance. How about us? Do we sometimes do things that are wrong? Not because we want to do wrong, but simply because at the time, we thought it was the right thing to do. So how do we know what is right and what is wrong? How do you tell the difference? Years ago, I read a sermon by the great preacher Emerson Fosdick, who pointed out six easy ways to tell the difference between right and wrong. And they may sound simple, but when you apply them to life and even to the world situation today, it becomes a great basis for determining your morality. 
And for those who are parents or grandparents, these six things I think are a great way to teach your children or your grandchildren how they can tell what's right or wrong in their lives. So I want to share this wisdom with you. First of all, he said that if you want to tell right from wrong, you should put it to the test of common sense. Is what you are doing really make good sense? Suppose, for example, somebody challenged you to a game of Russian roulette. You know what that is. Common sense should immediately make us respond with, that's silly. In fact, that's just plain stupid to take a gun and to empty the chambers, except put one bullet in the chamber, spin the chamber, put it to your head, pull the trigger, and hope that you get lucky and you don't get the bullet, and then you hand it to the other person and they do the same thing. That to me is just plain stupid. And yet we do this kind of stupid things all the time. Maybe not with a gun, but as far as I'm concerned, the same thing happens with drugs, especially the worst kind that addict you immediately. Or when you decide to get into a car and drive after you've been drinking too much. Or when you don't stop at stop signs or run red lights. We're playing Russian roulette. Sometimes we do things that are wrong simply because we don't use our common sense. Jesus tells a story in the Bible about a man who thought he was doing the right thing when he tore down his barns and built bigger barns so that he could store up more and more stuff. He was more concerned with his material wealth and possessions than he was with his spiritual well-being. And in the story, as Jesus tells it, God not only calls him a sinner, but he actually calls him a fool. The only place I know in the Bible where God calls somebody a fool. But I guess that's what we are sometimes when we don't use our common sense. How often do we let our material desires go ahead of our spiritual welfare? So the first test of right and wrong is a test of common sense. The second way you can tell right from wrong, Fosdick said, is to put it to the test of good sportsmanship. As we know, in every sporting event, there are certain rules that everybody participating must obey. They're not meant for just some of the players, but for everybody. And that makes the game equal. It makes it fair for everybody who is involved. Well, the same thing is true in life. In everything you do, you should ask yourself, if everybody else behaved the way I am and did what I'm doing, would that make life better or worse for everyone? That's why, for example, you shouldn't cut in line in front of other people or cheat on your income tax or park in no parking zones, especially if it's reserved for fire trucks in case they're needed. That's why we obey speed limits, hopefully. That's why, hopefully, we do stop at stop signs and red lights. You don't do what everybody else isn't allowed to do. 
You don't do what you want just because you think you're special. It applies to the way you make your money. It applies to the way you spend your time. Would the world be in good shape if everybody did things the way that you do them? Or to put it another way, as Jesus did in the golden rule, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or you do as you would want others to also be doing. You don't operate only on what's best for you, but you operate according to what's best for everyone. The common good, the general welfare, we call it, rather than your own personal benefit. Is it fair for some people to have way too much while others have way too little? Is it good for some people to get special treatment, special benefits, while other people don't? That's what really irritated me during this past month when Congress was talking about preventing a shutdown of the government. And Congress knew if they let the government shut down, they would still get their salaries, but all other federal employees wouldn't. That's not right. And as they approach another shutdown in another month, I wish somebody would be able to take that away from them. A third way to tell right from wrong is to put it to the test of your best self. Does what you're thinking about doing or what you're doing, does it make you the best person that you can be? Does it reflect the kind of person you want to be known for? For example, do you want to be a selfish person or a generous person? Do you want to be known for being selfish or generous? Do you want to be known for being vulgar or cheap or egotistical or narcissistic? Is that the kind of person that you want to be? Some people will behave differently if they think that nobody else will ever know. Still, you know, and you have to live with it. So what kind of person do you want to be? As Shakespeare says in Hamlet, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day thou canst be false to anyone. Directly related to this is the fourth way to tell right from wrong, and that is to put it to the test of publicity. Do you want everybody else to know what you are doing or what you're thinking about doing? Do you want it on the front page of the newspaper if you still read the newspaper? Or on the evening news if you still watch the evening news? Would you want your parents to know what you're doing? or your children to know, or your best friends to know? Most of all, would you want God to know what you're doing? Because God will know. As one person wrote, a good Christian should consider every place as holy because God is there. And you should look at every part of your life, every act of your life, as a matter of holiness because it's being offered to God. 
I once took my family to dinner in one of our favorite restaurants. And when I paid for the meal, our waitress somehow managed to put a $50 bill in my change by accident. I could have thought to myself, wow, the Lord has just blessed me. Or I could have thought, ouch, the devil is tempting me. So I took the time to go find the waitress. I could have just left. I told her that she had made a mistake in my change. And she said in an unpleasant way, what's the matter? Didn't I give you enough change? At that time, uh, my sons had been working in uh, restaurants in Colorado and learned how people that wait on tables and so forth depend heavily on the tips that they get. And I knew that $50, if she was short on her money, would come out of her tips and would be very costly to her. So I gave it back to her, even though she didn't seem so grateful. What could have been beneficial for me was harmful for her, and so it would have been wrong. And think what kind of effect it would have had on my children if they had seen me celebrate a mistake like that. The fact is, what you do will be known. Sooner or later, others will find out about it. You think, well, I'll just go ahead and do it, and nobody will ever know. If you think that way, you're just kidding yourself. And even if everybody else doesn't find out, God knows about it. And your guilty conscience lets you know that God knows. A fifth way, number five, to tell right from wrong is to put it to the test of your most admired personality. Would the person you admire the most do what you're doing or planning to do? The most admired person might be your mother or your father or your best friend or somebody who has greatly influenced your life, a teacher, a coach, a minister. Maybe it's a famous person in history that you most admire. And could it be that the person you admire the most is Jesus Christ? Would he do what you're thinking of doing? That's why some people have those bracelets, WWJD. What would Jesus do? It's really not a bad thing to think about as a test of what's right and what's wrong. Would Jesus tell the joke that you're getting ready to tell? Would Jesus wear the clothes that you're thinking about buying? Would Jesus spend the money the way that you're spending it? Would Jesus treat other people every day the way that you treat other people every day? And that brings me to number six, the last way I'll mention, or Fosdick mentioned, to tell right from wrong, and that is to put it to the test of foresight. Foresight. It's not just what effect the thing will have upon your life or the world right now, but what effect will it have a year from now or five years from now? I once heard Dr. Herman Norton tell us how Robert Browning, the poet, was farsighted in one eye and nearsighted in the other. You might say he was able to keep one eye on the present while the other eye, he looked down the road. 
Maybe we need that kind of gift when it comes to determining right from wrong. There's a big difference between the thrill of a moment and the joy of a lifetime, between what might seem okay to do today and what might destroy your life in the future. Examples of this are limitless. Sex, drugs, drinking, having an affair, drag racing, Russian roulette, shoplifting, quitting school to get a job, skipping church to sleep in. The list goes on and on. What seems like it's okay and maybe even exciting to do today just might destroy your life tomorrow. Keep this in mind because it's very important in determining right from wrong. So maybe it's not as hard to do this as we think. The test of common sense, good sportsmanship, the test of your best self, the test of publicity, the test of your most admired personality, and the test of foresight looking down the road. These are sensible, practical ways to help us determine right from wrong. They appeal to our moral judgment. So as Paul, the biblical writer of the letters to Timothy and most of the New Testament, by the way, as he admitted that he did things years ago, especially in persecuting Christians, that at the time he thought was right, but now he realized it was totally wrong, he says in the end of the letter, as Anne read this morning, Run from evil things, work hard at what is right, learning to trust God and to love others. In other words, as Dr. Laura would say, do the right thing and you won't regret it. And here's your homework if you want a challenge. Take these six points and at lunch or sometime this afternoon, have a discussion with your friends or family about how they apply to what's going on in Israel today. And come out Tuesday night at six o'clock where Clay's gonna have a special prayer meeting briefly, and then we have two guests plus Clay, a panel presentation. Uh, Dr. Uh, Samara Ali, she's been here before, she's fantastic will be here to, to help us think about what's going on.